Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Praise God. Well, we'll get into somebody say, Child of God. Say one more time, Child of God. Hallelujah. Say, I am a child of God. Hallelujah. Well, last week we began talking on the subject of just exhorting and edifying the children of God as to who they are in Christ, what's been made available to them. Are you with me? And everything that you can do as a child of God. Somebody says, well, you can't put too much emphasis on, 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 on us. Well, the, the, the emphasis on us is never taught without the emphasis of the understanding or the foundational being rooted in. We are nothing without Him. Amen, Jesus. We are zero without Him. And so it's okay to be able to be confident. It's not like, you know, and the problem with what I've just said right now, as far as all this goes, is that we, we've gone over into the place of uh, uh, almost like this false sense of humility. Well, God bless you, brother. It's, you know, it's just this, it's not about me. It's all about, yes, it's all about Jesus. We get it. Humility isn't this condition of, of just groveling and saying, whoa, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Glory to God. <laughs> by the way, you are not a sinner saved by grace any longer. You have now been made a brand new creation. You have a new nature on the inside of you. You are no longer communicated to by your heavenly Father on the condition of being a sinner anymore. You were a sinner. You have now been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You are now no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are a new creation still functioning in the glory of the newly created man in Him. Are you with me? But that's the kind of stuff religion will try to shove down your throat to make you walk in a false sense of humility. Humility is being able to be bold about who He has made you to be. Amen. That's right. And I'm not talking about walking in arrogance either. We're not talking about being arrogant. Get over yourself. No, no, I'm saying that for a reason because I want to just make sure that when I talk about humility here, I'm, gonna, I'm knocking the one side of the pendulum, but I'm going to knock the other side of the pendulum also. Yeah. So while we can have this false sense of humility, which actually, by the way, is rooted in pride because it's still all about you. But on the other side of the token, listen, you came into the kingdom with no, you were born into this world with nothing. You leave with nothing. Everything you have is because of Him. And you don't be arrogant. And now that you're something in the ministry, you're something in the, come on, something, what does that even mean? I'm now something in the ministry. Like you're nothing without His anointing. 
And so it's okay, therefore, based on eliminating these two sides of this pendulum on, 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 on a false humility and an arrogance on this side, that in the middle, in the middle of that revelation and the balance of that understanding that we are able to say, I am who I am by the grace of God. I am because He is. Without Him, I am nothing. With Him, I am everything. With Him, I can do all things because He's in me and He strengthens me. So we've got to shift over. How do you think that we're even gonna be effective in a lost and dying world if we don't even know who we are? We want to take over the world, but we can't even get out of bed to go to work. Think about that right now. I'm a world changer. Bless the Lord. Monday morning I wake up. Oh God, it's Monday. Now I'm not saying that you're not allowed to have human emotion. Are you with me? As long as we do not live by the dictates of the human emotion. Because when you live by the dictates of your human emotion, you are living by your flesh instead of being that child of God, that brand new creation that is now being apprehended, that your flesh is being apprehended by the inner man. You see, and, and the bottom line is this, it all has to do with what appetite are you feeding the most? Are you feeding your appetite? Uh, are you feeding the appetite of whatever you wanna do more than you're feeding the appetite of whatever He wants to do? Because the, the more you feed the one, the greater power you give it. And the more you feed the other, the greater power you give it also. Are you with me? But nevertheless, you are a child of God, redeemed, washed by the precious blood of Jesus, called, sanctified, separated for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you right now, and I don't think that anything that I'm preaching about isn't, you know, we can put prophetic uh, timelines on it if we want to. But the point of the matter is the revelation of who He is and who we are has never changed one bit. Everything that Jesus did at the cross, He accomplished 2,000 years ago. Everything that needed to be done was already done and He has just been waiting over time as revelation upon revelation upon revelation is being restored to the body of Christ that at some point the culmination of what that looks like is the saints rising up that know their position and power in the body of Christ, in the Kingdom of God, rising up with one voice in the power of the Spirit. And if we wanna make it prophetic, it's always been available to us, but yea, Verily, the revelation is now upon us. It's one thing for it to have been truth, but it's another thing for that truth to apprehend you. Amen. Yes, Jesus. Come on, somebody. I hope the subliminal message of School of Ministry is sticking with you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say school. School. Yeah. 
Come on. We don't intend to ever have a school that makes you theologically a fat head. Because God's not interested in a fat head. He's interested in fat hearts. God's criteria for choosing anybody is that he looks at the heart of men and not the external part of men. Seriously. That's why you see, you know, some of them come dressed up in the best suits, you know, like with their Pierre Cardin, uh, you know, their whatever Hugo Boss suits or whatever they wear. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to throw some names out there. And they come and they've got their beautiful ties on and they look the part. It's kind of like the sons of Jesse lining up to be anointed as king over Israel, the future king of Israel. And they're like, surely, my God, I'm, I'm going to look at my Sunday best today, don't you know? You've got to look your best to come. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with looking good at church. That's why I wear such bright clothes. Come on. <laughs> but the point of the matter is, is that they all came lined up and they looked the part and the prophet was almost convinced. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. I haven't chosen this one. I haven't chosen that one. I haven't chosen, yay, yay, verily, neither this one, neither that one, neither this one, neither that. And they were playing games. God and prophet were like, just like, he's like, and he's like, Lord, what do you mean? You sent me here and none of these people that are coming here are it. Okay, Jesse, is there anybody else? Yes, there remains one more. He's in the field. And he says, go get him. We're not going to sit down until the Lord, until we anoint him. He comes and the Lord says, this is the one. And he takes the horn of oil, glory to God. And he pours the oil all over him. And the Bible says from this day forward, from that day forward, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. And the other brothers were upset because David didn't even buy a suit for the occasion. I mean, no, seriously, where did he come from? You know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden, well, I've been in the ministry for years, bless the Lord. Surely the Lord should have chosen me. Who's this chap? Come on. Old chappy chap chap. No, they get ir- religion gets irritated Amen. because the person walked in the calling of God. Why? Because listen, look, maybe, maybe it was just because, you know, maybe just because that individual thought, man, there's nothing good about me. And, and he was walking in a place where the Lord says, okay, fine. You, you know, you understand this has got nothing to do with you. So I've got something to work with. No, no, I think about that. God's like, you, you know, you, you're not there trying to boast in yourself. In fact, you know, uh, you're kind of like the, the little, uh, the, the, what is it? The, the, what is the ugly duckling that looked nothing like the other ducks? The odd ball out. The Lord says, you know, because, you know, that, that, that keeps you in a, in a, in a place of, because there's rejection. You're facing everything. All you're trying to do is serve God, but there's rejection here. There's rejection from this one. And, and you're just trying to be who God's called you to be. But that's okay. Don't worry. 
Because the hour is upon us, saints. Yes, that's right. Preach it, brother. The hour is upon us. With that which man has rejected, God says, I have accepted. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Come on. It's okay. I'm prepared. Come on. Let's be the band of misfits. It's all right. And we're not walking down a road of rebellion by saying that either. We're not just trying to be different for the sake of being different. We're just here to be the voice of God that will not compromise on the power of God or how the Holy Spirit wants to flow, how He wants to do whatever He wants to do. We're not gonna compromise on that. Why? Because, because we realise that, that, that we need God. Maybe, you, maybe uh, you don't need God or maybe you say that you need God, but you make no room for Him. Come on. We accommodate, and this has been the biggest thing for us here recently, is that we accommodate God on our terms. No, no, no. No, we live our entire lives, 90% of our work week. In fact, 95% of our every week is based on the direction we want to go in. And then we say, God, you can have 5% and uh, I'm giving you this 5%. Thank you, God, that you are transforming my, and this is not the voice of condemnation. I'm not bringing condemnation. Just please understand. I'm trying to bring, just just think about it. You give God 5% of your entire life and you want Him to work on your terms. God does does not work on your terms. Amen. He doesn't work on my terms. Amen. We work on His terms. Right. He is not submitted to us. We are submitted to Him. Amen. And we will not build a church on whose foundation is the other way around. And that's the problem. Right there is the foundation of a lot of places. And I'm not knocking. I'm just telling you the reality. Wake up and have a cold shower. Amen. Come on. I feel good, you know. I feel good because I haven't had anybody walk out on me just yet. She just walked in, not walked out. Jesus had people up and leave Him. Jesus, people, I mean, can you imagine the kind of preaching Jesus did? Jesus infuriated religious deadheads so much. They were sitting in their pews wanting, I mean, they were wanting to push Him over the cliff. They were wanting to stone Him because they wanted to silence the mouth of truth because it, 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 it pricked their consciences. It pricked their religious pride. Ain't nobody got time for that. Mm-mm. That's what I've noticed. You know, I'm just a Cajun that just made it a whole lot later than all y'all. But I do speak French, legit. I just got you a whole lot later than everybody else. I'm still Cajun though. I'm a brother from another mother, y'all. All right. I just don't have the the dat, you know, because you guys you guys use a lot of that thick Cajun accent. The th is like turned into the sound of the letter D instead of a the. It's a d d. I'm gonna do that. Share, 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 baby. Oh, that baby's so cute. 
I, I mean, that's, I know how to do accents, but that's one of the accents that, I mean, Lord Jesus has been reserved. I cannot do it. It's really a tough one. But I've been inducted in. I even cooked a gumbo in the first year of being here. And we had, we had now listen, let me just tell you, I've been around, y'all are very proud of your food and that's okay. We're not talking about, that's not pride that God says you couldn't have. You can have pride of your, your gumbo cooking. Are you with me? <laughs> Something to be proud about. Are you with me? Mmm, andouille sausage with some chicken. I know there's a whole lot of other ways that you can do it. I mean, I made a chicken... Uh, an andouille sausage. I mean, I bought Richards. I can't say Richards. I'm going to say Richard. You know what I mean? I've got to watch, my, watch the way I say things. They, she, proof is in the pudding. She came up. In fact, we had a whole bunch of ladies. And let me just tell you, I've seen them. You know, somebody made something that wasn't right and everybody else walks out the room. They said, nah, that ain't it. They're going to talk about, I'm going to tell you, that's not our culture right there. No, that's not us. So you've got to be careful. So, so I made this gumbo and they all approved and I was officially inducted into the hall of the Cajun hall of fame, faith, whatever you want to call it. I was inducted in there. I was thrown in there. I was dubbed Cajun. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, I'm like, what am I even talking about right now? <sighs> I got to thinking about gumbo. Glory to God. Gumbo will do that to you. It's okay. It's okay to laugh in church. Praise God. Say this with me. Put your hand on your belly really quickly. Say the joy. joy. Say joy. joy. Say it one more time. Joy of the Lord is my strength. All right. So you have permission to laugh at any time. Just don't interrupt me. Some of you guys, well, what kind of sermon is this? You said we're talking about being a child of God. I am talking about being, being a child of God. Amen. Being a child of God does not exist in a formula of a well-orthodox, put-together word on a Sunday morning. Amen. I can impress your head some of the time and impressing your head won't do anything except give you um, a couple of great one-liners every once in a while that you can use and make it your Facebook status. But did it do anything to change your heart? Probably not. So being a child of God is learning to operate and flow with the wind of the Holy Spirit and speak whatever the wind of the Holy Spirit says to speak so that you see, it's not me. I'm not appealing to your head. I'm appealing to your spirit. 
Spirit. I'm appealing to the new creation man on the inside of you that the words coming out of my mouth are spirit to spirit, that His Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit. And there's something on the inside of you that's stirring up. And even in the middle of all of these words that are being said, one of you is getting a different vision of something. Another one over there, the Lord's ministering to you about something else. I'm more concerned with whatever He wants to do than putting together something. Well, even though I come prepared, I'm prepared. Amen. But being a child of God is, is a state of being. That's one of the greatest points I can make about being a child of God is that we're in a state of being. Being a child of God is not a state of doing. God didn't call you to be a human doing. He called you to be a human being. We are not doing Jesus in the earth. We are being Jesus in the earth. You are being the flavour and the aroma of Jesus in the earth out of the overflow of your relationship with the one that you spend time with. Amen? Amen. I've said this before, I'm gonna go ahead and say it one more time again. And, and, and something that's just come up over the last two or three months, but Paul said, he said, work out your salvation. Yeah. With what? Fear. Fear and trembling. And somehow religion has twisted that. Somehow religion has twisted all of that to make you think my God, I'm having like a, like I'm whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. So we've twisted that. It's like I've already been here, but I don't even know what to tell you what's going on right now. But we, we twist that to somehow think, work in your salvation with fear and trembling. Which part about working out means working out? Let me just explain. Working out means, and this is gonna be very simple for you to understand. Working out means working out because that's what working out means. Amen. All right, do we get that? Yes. So it's not working in, it's working out salvation, right? So where is salvation then if we're working it out? Oh, okay. But oh, 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 you mean to tell me it's working out? Salvation is on the inside. Yes. The fullness of Christ dwells in you. He's on the inside. He's not on the outside and you're trying to accumulate more of Him on the inside. Paul never said, get Him in. He said, get Him out. Hallelujah. Yeah, no, you want to be a child of God, but, but your theology has been, and I'm saying your, I'm saying the plurality, please, when you understand, and I say your, I'm including me in that number. I am saying the plurality of the understanding. Amen. So when I say your, I'm not picking on anybody. 
When I'm talking, I'm talking in generalities. Now, if the cap fits, that's fine. Wear it. Wear, please wear it. Take ownership and let God renew your mind from some religious thinking. I'm probably going to offend some of you for what I'm about to say right now. Listen, I'm doing a whole lot better than what you are. And I'm not saying that religiously. Please understand what I'm saying here. I'm talking about I know who I am in the Spirit and I'm not using pride by saying that. You want to fight it, you want to resist it, but yet your life is in a mess. Amen. Maybe I've conquered some of the things you're holding on to. Just maybe, just, just saying. Maybe it's because of what I'm preaching that I am free and you're not. Amen, come on. But you want to hold on to that thing like a golden calf. Come on. No, I'm sorry. Come on, listen, I'm here to preach the freedom. I don't care if we empty out the house. I'm here to empty out the house so that we're left with an army. We want an army that understand who they are in Christ. And this type of preaching isn't the kind of preaching that you want to do to try and grow numbers. Well, we're not in the book of Numbers. We're in the book of Acts. That's right. And not the Acts, no. I'm not being, trust me, there is no meanness in me. Only a deep desire to see you functioning in the fullness of who He paid the price for you to be as a child of God. I am just telling you, this is not from a position of arrogance. I have been in where many of you may still currently be. I'm on the other side of the river and I'm saying there is a brand new revelation of freedom that I'm walking in. Would you please humble yourself and listen you don't know everything. And I don't know everything either. Amen. Come on. That's that's it. That's it, brother. That's all we need. Amen. The fire of God's on you, my brother. You will see the hand of the Lord on your life. The anointing of God's calling you and the line of the tribe of Judah is gonna roar from you. That sound that came from his mouth was the sound of the Spirit. I know the difference in the words of a person. That's right. That is a reaction to revelation. Amen. It's really quiet in here, but I tell you, it's a holy quiet.
I'll tell you what, and here's the thing, people, if you can get irritated, let me just tell you, let me tell you why I can be so bold and confident to say some of these things that I tell you. It is, is because, and, 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 and it's all centred in Jesus. And so if you have a problem with what I'm saying, you don't have a problem with me, you have a problem with Jesus. What do you mean I have a problem with Jesus? If, what do you mean by that? I mean that if you will listen to the message, it is not man exalted, it is Jesus exalted. He is the centrality of everything that we preach about. We put Him at the centre, not us. If your message has anything tainted, it takes a, how much leaven to leaven the lump? Uh, somebody say a little. Somebody say a little. Say one more time so that your mouth and your eyes and your head and your whole being can hear it. Say a little. It takes a little leaven to live in the whole lump. So that means you've got to get rid of every single thing that is tainted with a little bit about you. Everything that says, I am anointed because I. No, you won't hear that from this church. I am anointed because He. Period. I am anointed because He. The gospel is He, He, He. He, 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 He. He, 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 he. That's why the gospel is so full of joy. Because if you think about it, it's always about he, 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 ha, ha. Woo-hoo, he, ha, ha, ha. Amen. Because when you make it about he, 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 you begin to have joy. That's he, right. he, he, he set me free. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. He, 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 he gave me joy. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Freedom. Freedom, 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 freedom. Let freedom reign. Let freedom reign. I free you from every religious thought that has, that has put you on the treadmill of performance, that has made serving God all about you and your efforts and what you can do. The Gospel is not about you and what you can do. The Gospel is about Him and what He already did. And we get to walk in what He did for us. And that's it. The only way you begin to live that out is by relying on what He did for you. You don't live it out in your own strength and therefore receive power. No, that's you doing it in your own flesh, which is called a dead work. You are walking in dead works. If it is not Him empowering you to do or even try to be holy, it is you walking in the arm of the flesh trying to be holy. Holiness is not on the outside making its way in. Holiness has already been given to you by Him. It's on the inside and now we must walk it out. You can't become more holy by trying to get holy. You can only be holy because He's already holy in you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Amen. 
And so it's working out what's already in. It's not trying to work in. It's about working out. The only thing that we are discovering is your mind, your will and your emotions. Your soul is becoming enlightened through the spirit of revelation to who you already are. Thank you, Jesus. That's the progressive work of looking more like Jesus. You are only coming in line with who you already are. You are not in a state of becoming, you are in a state of being who you are. Your spirit isn't becoming more holy. Your spirit is not becoming more sanctified. Your spirit is not becoming more pure. Your spirit is a new creation, sanctified by the righteousness of Jesus, imputed by His righteousness and not yours. Come on, child of God. Now, which part about my message makes you feel like, man, he's all about himself? Or are you sitting there under the sound of my voice and hearing it's all about Jesus? What are you hearing today? So then why are you, why are you wrestling it? Why do you wrestle it? Do you know Paul? Let me just tell you right now. Do you know that the Apostle Paul, his greatest fight with the early church was trying to free them from religion. He said, oh, he said, oh, that, 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 that I travail that Christ might be formed in you. Why? He spent the majority of his time trying to point the new covenant church to who they were already in Christ because he knew that if they would be, allow themselves to be formed on the one that was on the inside of them, that there would be a manifestation. The church would just grow in leaps and bounds, which it did because he effectively communicated that, but he still had to wrestle. Do you understand what I'm saying? Paul's biggest fight was to keep the church free. And the church was wrestling Paul trying to stay in bondage. Can we see the insanity of it? Galatians, this is how Paul said it exactly. Oh, foolish Galatians. (laughs) Who has bewitched you? (laughs) Having begun in the spirit, you're now in your flesh. In other words, who is telling you to go back to that stuff? Were you, were you saved by, by grace through faith? And who told you that you had to end up doing all of this? That has removed the power of God. You see, let me just say this. When we try to do 
righteousness externally, trying to become more of something, we are in essence neutralising and rendering null, void and ineffective what grace was designed to do for you. Why can grace not work in in that? Why does the grace of God not empower you in that condition? Because you are doing what grace was designed to do. You are trying to do what grace was designed to do for you. Oh, but pastor, please do not talk about grace. Grace has become a modern day cuss word in the church. Because the moment you say grace, people all of a sudden get into a straitjacket. You're gonna give people a license to sin. No, I'm not giving people a license. People sin under grace, people sin under the law, people sin anyway. Nobody ever had permission to sin, people sin. So grace never gave people permission to sin. And tell me grace gives permission to sin. No, no, no. So the problem is now we back off of speaking about what Jesus did for us. We back off of it. Why? Because we trust more in our works programs to get people in line. So what do we do? We train people how to behave right. We try to, we, what we do, we go onto the treadmill of behaviour modification. We try to get people to behave a certain way. Listen, let me tell you right now, unless what you're doing is coming from a heart that has been circumcised by His Spirit and by His anointing, all of your works and your external, uh, 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 what do you call it, behaviours means zilch, means zero. Why? Because your heart has not been circumcised. You've learned how to behave right. You've become a good Christian is what you've become. Since when is it about becoming a good Christian or is it about those works and those behaviours that we manifest is because the Holy Spirit by His anointing does a deep work on the inside of us that when we do those things, it's coming from the heart and not because we're trying to behave right. That's pure. That's holy. So then the next problem is, is that we back off preaching freedom to God's people because three dingbats in the church, listen to me now, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying, I'm just giving a picture. I'm not talking about this building here today. And I'm using the word dingbats here. So, so um, I'm, it's okay. Because three dingbats heard a message of freedom and they decided to go out the door. And when they heard grace, they went out and snorted a line of cocaine. They went out and drank because what they heard was, grace is my liberty to do whatever I want. No, No, it's not. And so we don't back off preaching the gospel because of those three deadheads. What what happened? Get a revelation of what happened. All that grace did was expose their hearts for where their hearts were all along. The Gospel exposes the hearts of men, brings to the surface the reality of where you are. So we don't stop the message now because people's hearts are exposed. So the only thing governing their hearts was their self-righteousness and their behaviour modification. 
which was self-righteousness. God's not looking for, God is not coming for back for a church who behave right. Hello? I'll say that one more time. God is not trying to, the effort of God to put Jesus on the cross was not to come back for a church that knows how to behave right. If we will all get in step and sink and we all behave the same way, Jesus, I mean, God be glory. No, God is coming back for a people whose hearts have been circumcised by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which does the work in the heart of men. God's not interested in anything that we become outside of His circumcision and His anointing coming in the Spirit. Checking the time. I'm almost done. In fact, I don't know where I am right now. But we've ended up here. Yeah, thank you. It's going to help me land the plane. The music, that is. Sorry, I, I, I'm ministering out of the overflow here. And, and, if you, and if you hear some of my tone is coming out a little bit strong, understand, let me tell you, every part of that strength on the inside of me is directed straight to the spirit of religion. I tell you what, if there's something that I cannot stand, is religion. I, I think I hate religion. I'm like, I don't want to say I hate it more than God, but I mean, I'm probably on par. No, I'm just joking. But, but I hate religion. Religion is why people right now in Lafayette are floating everywhere, not even sitting in a church. That religion is why people are floating all around Lafayette that are, love God, but are floating around had to become cynical against church because the church's system and religion has hurt and wounded them. Yeah. And I'm saying Lafayette because I live here now. Then that is that the system, the system that men have created. And I know that God loves His church and, and as long as the church is exi- exists, there is imperfection. I get that. And we've got to get over some of that stuff of I've been hurt and I've been wounded and I've been this. And we've got to get over that stuff. Understand that there is a real and quit holding yourself a prisoner of what was wrong. I am with you. I say it was wrong and I'm sorry, but don't hold yourself a prisoner any longer.
free. Be free from all of that stuff. That's why I'm so irritated. Jesus came and overturned tables. Let me tell you right now, He had compassion on the lost. He had compassion on the sinners. What did He do when He came around religion? He rebuked them and He got irritated. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's it. Real deal. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That was a, sm- a tap of love, love taps. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Uh, can I show my yeah, come on up. Why don't you come up here and do that? This isn't going to be easy for me. My, hope, my heart is about to melt in front of all of you. It's okay. Just start by saying this. Coming to this church has been a transformation in my life. That for many years, I'd say never was going to happen. That's not who I'm going to be. God didn't make me that way. Why did I say that? Because I allowed man to tell me who I was. I allowed the struggles and things that I had no control of. Tell me who I was going to be. We all have struggles in life. Things come and try to tell us, control us, keep us from our destiny of who we're supposed to be. When I was in the third grade, I was starting to struggle. I failed the third grade and I failed the first grade. They told me I was dyslexic. And I struggled with reading. And because of that, I never wanted to do it. So I didn't practice. I had no desire to. But through the years of going to church, and glory be to God that I was placed in the family that I was with the mother that I was, I was told hundreds of times maybe that I was called. And I said, no. That's not who they're telling me I am. That's not who I am. I can't read. And time and times again, I was told I was cold. And not long ago, a little bit before we started coming over here, I was told that I was a soldier. And I was told that that accusation that was placed on my life, and not specified on dyslexic or not being able to, being able to read, but I knew when I was told that that thing that was told about myself was not true. I knew what God was talking about. Amen. And by coming to this church and the blessing of Pastor Mark is a grace of God that he sent him here. I know for me and for all of us that are standing here or sitting here today, 
but I'm accepting who he is, and it's not by who I am. Come on. Come on. It's who he says I am, that I'm agreeing and aligning with him, that I know that the more I sink into him and allow him, all those things are going to shed off in my life. And yet the devil has no control of me. And I'm, I'm allowing him to work in me. And there's no better pleasure in my life than to help let God work through me to set other people free. Hallelujah. So they don't have to live in that bondage. My brother, I couldn't read either, but I'm a walking Bible only because God put it in me. So don't give up. You got it. You oh, got yeah. It, brother. You got it. Come on. Come on. I just wanted to share that because everything since I've been coming here, it's been sinking in deeper and deeper into my soul and setting me free. I'm free. One, two. Am I on here? Okay. So let me ask you something. You're seeing a bona fide man of God right here. But I want to say this. I want to say this. Being and sitting under here and coming here, not to glorify man, but the atmosphere of God's presence and what you're hearing. Have you at any point gone, man, I just want to go out and find a line of cocaine to snort? No, not at all. I don't want to. In thankfulness that what he has done for me and set me free out of my love and my heart, I want to honor him with my whole heart. That's the reason why I live the way that I live, because it's honoring him, what he's done for me, who he says I am, the things that he shed off my life. I have no desire, and I have had struggles for over 17 years of sin in my life. And I'm not going to go down what sin it is. But I'm going to say it's the strongest sin out there that I've struggled with for 17 years. And it comes, and I said, a little bit of leaven ruins a loaf of bread. And I will not allow that into my life because I'm going to stay into agreement. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm going to ask you another question. So, So do you feel like you've arrived at this conclusion because... You know, we're really trying our best to get you to behave. So are we putting pressure on you to behave like this? No, it's, it's out of obedience of my heart that I want to please God. So, so you're responding to a desire that the it's Lord is desire. bringing. Thank you, Jesus. It's a desire in my heart. That's all you need, ladies and gentlemen, is the Holy Spirit doing the work inside of people. Our job is not to change. We, our job is to preach the truth in love. Our job is not to try to change people. Our job is to preach the truth in love and let the Holy Spirit do what only He can do. Let the, let the love of Christ into your heart. And when it saturates your heart and you realize that there's no better... Love there is. No one on this earth can love you as much as Him. You just want to give it back. You just want to give it back to Him. Come on. Hallelujah. That's based, that's, I just 
every time I come here, and from the day that I stepped in this these doors and stood and during worship, you know, I've given been given words and when I came here they all started to align. Thank you, Jesus. Not that God hasn't been working through years of my life. He's saved my life so many times because I lived very reckless for a long time. I'm sure we all have. I could give you story on story on how many times God has been there and saved my life. Amen. And it, it all came back to the times that he spoke to me in church as a child, maybe from eight years old or younger, that I was called. And whenever I knew that he saved my life in those times of my life, I knew why. It's because he was calling me. He said, that's Come why on. I saved you. Hallelujah. I saved you because you're called. Yes. I saved you, and then I'd go back, and I saved you, and I'll finally come in into agreement, come in here. My heart has been changed. Thank you, Jesus. I've, want, I've allowed him to love me. I've allowed, him, I've allowed what he's told me who I am. I, I've, I've accepted it. Come on. I've accepted who he's told me I am. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. That, that is worth every, everything. Uh, you know, we, the church has become so professional. And, and this is not geared towards him. I'm using an illustration here. We want to try and clean the fish before we even get them into the boat. David Savoy, come here. Yeah. <laughs> David, Monsieur Savoy, go ahead. Good morning. I want you to no. I want I want you to like yep, uh, unrehearse. I just want to, uh, since you've come through the doors and where you are now. Say yeah, no it. doubt. Um, well, it's, it's funny that uh, he even called me up here because I kind of felt that <laughs> I was going to end up up here anyway. Um, so, uh, you know, just Allie and I uh, and, and our three kids coming here, um, you know, it started off with being in a place of, for me, uh, being in a place of being selfish, but trying to, you know, do worldly things, I guess, you know, just moving through motions without the direction of God. And uh, we got here. Um, honestly, through friends. And, uh, you know, for me, it was, we had an incident with our son, four months old. He fell, he hit his head, we were in the hospital. Uh, and the first time I had any encounter with, with this church, with this body, was sitting in the pediatric ICU watching you guys pray for him and, and pray for us. And, um, Man, it touched me. You know, it touched me so much because I was like, how can these people really, you know, not, not, not in a negative way because I, I, I believe in the body of Jesus, you know, and, uh, but just they don't know us. But it was just so, such an anointed message, such an anointed video. We were watching live feeds sitting in the hospital, you know, and I was like, I, working weekends and moving from being in school forever and then, you know, trying to figure out like a, a normal schedule. And I, I just looked at my wife and I was like, we have to go, you know, we have to be there. And uh, little by little, you know, missed a weekend here and there, but for the most part we were coming. And uh, since we've been here, it's just been amazing. The outpouring of love, the, the, the people that I already knew, um, 
that were here, but we didn't really even know each other. Uh, you know, we all have just become family, and every time we, we show up here, uh, we meet new people. We're all on the same journey, the same, like, loving power, you know, uh, just, just trying to do the, the work of God. But like, like you said, like Andrew said, you know, it's not because I want to be a good guy. You know, it's just because it's coming through. It's, it's, and it's like it's even more natural. That power just grows and grows. And every time we come here, it's just like there's more and more to give, you know. And it's, it's not anything like, oh, I'm going to be that dude one day. No, it's just happening. And uh, because like, I, I mentioned it at a, at a breakfast one time, you know, that uh, I said that I can be uh, shy or something like that, you know. And uh, I don't think I said this term, but, you know, I can uh, be an extroverted introvert. You know, and it's like sometimes, you know, like I, I like being to myself or whatnot, but I, I just naturally come out and whatever. And people are like, oh, no, I don't know. I don't know why you say you're shy. You, and I'm like, I don't know. I feel fearful, you know, but uh, since I've been here, I just felt the love of God and, and just this this blessing over this whole place. And just in our our part of the country, you know, I feel like we're exploding. It's it's a whole new place. It's a whole new feeling to be in and i'm so glad to be sharing it with you guys uh i'm so blessed to have uh pastor april and pastor mark and all of you in our lives uh and we continue to to you know just be a vessel for the holy spirit to move especially in this area we uh i'm very thankful no yeah i mean look i'm going to tell you flat out i mean you're hearing him i've never brought him up to do this but i can tell you i've seen the transformation in his life since he stepped foot into the church I, I see such a transformation. Nobody is doing that other than the work of the Holy Spirit. Like you heard him. It's natu- there is a desire. God, by the anointing, is working in the hearts of people, producing desire to manifest through people, which is fruitful. That's what we want. That's it. I tell you what, we, we, we are building an army of men like Andrew, David, and many, many more here. I'm just using them as examples this morning. Jordan, come up here really quickly. And th- no, thank you, my brother. Love you. Big time. Uh, sorry, I, I, um, I'm just picking on a few people. We don't normally do this. I'm trying to be as very respectful. I promise we'll be- get you out before 3 p.m. I promise. Um, no, but... I want, to, I want to tell you, he came, his wife, I mean, you can, why don't you come up here with him? Um, beautiful, beautiful couple. They both came together. Uh, well, actually, the first time she came, we were, when Dan Moeller came in January, we had a Sunday night worship night. And the worship night turned out... <laughs> It, it was worship, but we ended up going into like intercession and it ended up becoming like a Friday night session, you know? And she was in there. Now, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, we're never going to see this person ever again. Because we're like, you know, we make no apologies. We're pretty radical and we're okay with it. Yeah. Then she comes back and I'm thinking, well, if she endured that, we're good to go. You know, <laughs> fine, perfect. I've got, why have I got two? You hold the mic. I've got, I've got another one here. So, so then the next thing is, is that a couple, she comes on a couple of Thursdays and he shows up. And it was one of those Thursday nights where I was in rare form, you know, slightly passionate like I've been today, but maybe a little bit more, a few more notches. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, this dude is never coming back ever again. And, I'm in, and it's just coming out of my mouth. And in my head, I'm going, Lord, there's somebody over here. I can't talk like this. He's going to freak out. 
and I'm looking and I'm just capturing his eyes every once in a while. And I kind of get like a half nod out of him. So I'm thinking, okay, it's not too bad. We're doing good. And then I never saw them for another two weeks. And I thought, that it, that's it, I did it. I preached, I finally, I finally preached like Jesus and got rid of a few people. That, that's, not, that's not true. But, but you go ahead and share. I mean, that first experience and whatever. I mean, what you guys, both of you, what you're experiencing already. So Just yeah, for reals. In that, in that first service that I came to, uh, I definitely had an unnaturally serious look for my personality. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably what scared you. But um, what it was was we came because something happened at our previous church and there was an attack on us, on our spirit. And when we came, I was in a, such, a, such a mode of discerning at that point because I had been fed things and I had been told things that weren't necessarily true. Um, so it was very important to me that I discerned what Pastor Mark was preaching in that moment. And there was nothing else I was concerned with other than that discernment. So I was locked in. <laughs> and I've been told I have okay. a scary, serious face. I don't know. So, yeah. So it's here, babe. Oh. Well, the word overflow comes to mind, like, in the whole experience. So, like... That's what it all. That's where it all started. Like at the other church, was I was experiencing that. I just kept getting these like bursts of the Holy Spirit, and I just wanted to praise Him so much, and I just wanted to burst forth with. And I just felt like the more that I did that, the more that I opened up in that way, the more I was getting resisted, and I was being like, "Okay, hold on, yeah, yeah, you gotta." Um, you have to stay right here, you Summer know. Down now. And I was like, I don't understand. I really didn't understand what was going on. I give people the benefit of the doubt, you know. I, I love, I love people, not all the time. People love me. I got to keep that in mind, you know. But it was the overflow, and it was the overflow, and I was just like, no, man. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. And this was going on for a while. And then there was a really big move of God. And it was, it was happening, and I could feel it in the spirit. And, and there was like a prophetic word to like clean the house, clean the house, clean the house. And we took these flags, and we were, we were cleaning it. And there was visions of like rats flying as we're sweeping the house. And that rats next day... Flying. Everywhere. Rats were flying and, and like they were scurrying. The vision was like, as, as we were f flying the flags, um, someone gave us this vision afterwards, but I knew it was spiritual warfare because I could feel it. Like I was like having a headache and I was like really like feeling sick, but I was like, this is spiritual warfare. I know what's happening. Amen. And um, she said there was like rats like coming out of hiding and like freaking out and as the banners, like the wind caught it, they evaporated. And so like, I knew there was like something going on in the church. I knew there was something yeah. stirring up. Um, that next day was when it all went downhill. And so all this to say is I was praying and it was like a six month like span of like, okay, God, like 
there is a lot of rejection going on. There's a lot of like, they just, I wasn't, I could feel the turning of the tide um, towards our family. And I was like, Lord, I really like know that there's something happening and developing. And then there's a call to go. There's a call to move into action, but we're standing still. What are we doing? And um, I prayed. I prayed about it, prayed about it. And God was like, stay, stay. And I was like, well, Um, but finally, long story short, Allie and David were here. And um, me and Allie got reconnected. And like our ministry with one another really (laughs) healed my heart. And she was like, you have to come to my church. It's just spirit-filled. And I know, I know you'll get something out of it. And she told me about whenever you came and prophesied over the family and stuff. And I was like, I don't know about all that. I don't want that. I just want to hide, you know. At that time, I just wanted nothing. I just wanted to come and soak, you know. And so I was like, if I go and he prophesies over me, uh uh-uh. But he didn't. I was like, okay. And then he didn't didn't acknowledge me. So I was like, this is good. (laughs) But there was people slain in the spirit and chairs moved and it was so powerful and I was like this is it Lord I know I know and I was so grateful so grateful I was like this is where our family's gonna grow this is where we're gonna get edified and this is where our our gifts are going to be nourished and this is where we will become soldiers. Come on. Seriously. And, and I mean, like, he is an anointed musician playing the bass guitar now, praise God. And that's the one thing is that, listen, people walk through these doors. I cannot tell you in the system and how the system works out there. The moment anybody comes through the doors, immediately people are eyeballed. What can they do for us? Like they're a number. And then when they burnt out, it's like, okay, thank you. God bless you. Next. We don't play those games here. We are not interested. God, you have gifts and we want to see God use your gifts. But we love you more then, 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 then we love you more than your giftings. You are more valuable than the gifts that you carry. Are you with me? And, and if and when and however those gifts begin to be made manifest, it's gonna be coming out of that place. That's the way we do church over here. We're not interested in abusing people. All right, I'm just saying. So, and she's an author currently, what are you, like 360 pages or something like that? 360, and is that, no, I know, but like how, I mean, do we have like a, a deed, a, like a, a day, a date in mind, um, a possibility of a day? During the summer is when I'm going to be like putting it out there. Okay. So she's, she's, al- 
she's already written a 360-page book and she's got a series of books on the inside of her that's coming out, all right? All Christian-based. I mean, I know it's fiction, but it is using the principles of the Kingdom of God inside of those books. Anointed couple of the Lord right here. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of Jesus. Um, Come on, yeah, come on up, Jeff. Come on up, Jeff. Let this man come up here. I love him dearly. Give me a minute. I know most everybody don't know me in here, but I'm Jennifer's husband. And you can hold that for me. Trying. I don't like to hold a mic. And uh, Mark said, being in a prison of pain, well, that's me. But I've allowed myself to stay in that prison. Uh, We've been around ministry for 30 years. And the most painful things that ever happened was in ministry. And what you can hold on to that, which I've done. But what I heard here this morning, with Andy, I know Andy for a while. I sent Mark something a while back that talked about success versus fruit. What we've allowed to happen in the the church is we look for success and we acknowledge success and we want to be around success. You know, you, you want to be acknowledged by the pastor. But in reality... God never asked us to be successful. Amen. He said to be fruitful. And when you're tied up in a prison like I was and am, still, you can't be fruitful. And I'm encouraged that you guys' stories of being freed, and uh, I'm working towards that. And we spend some time together. And anytime you need somebody to say the things you won't be harsh, just call me up here. And we'll... Thank you. We're friends. We're friends, right? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Friends. 
and I don't take that lightly. Most people that know me in here, no. But no, it's I, a sign and a wonder that he comes up here right now. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I mean that in the most honor, honorable, honorable way. I'm trying to find the word. That's good. Love you, sir. If, if any of y'all need to leave, that's fine. But if you do leave, please leave an offering. <laughs> this will be more about encouraging than necessarily a testimony. A lot of times God will speak to me when I'm cleaning my house because I'm focusing on something else. You know, when you're driving and driving down the road and you're, you're like, man, I'm just driving. I don't know how I got here. You're just driving and your mind's just taking you, you know, you know the way home. You're not thinking about how to get there. So I think that's what it is for me. When I'm cleaning, I turn my worship music on and God will be speaking to my heart and I'm just doing the rest out of habit because I know how to wash dishes and, you know, vacuum. And God had been asking me, or he had been speaking to me, it's time for the church to start preparing their testimonies. Because people, you build up faith in people through the words of your testimonies. And God asked me, have you written down your testimony yet? Because somebody asked me once specifically, hey, do you want to share your testimony? I don't know where Melissa's sitting. There you are, Melissa. She said, do you want to share your testimony? And in that moment, I hadn't had my testimony prepared. And I said, oh, no, I don't have a testimony to share. That's not true. We all... Amen. Have a testimony to share. Come on. And I also want to encourage you, don't stop praying for your loved ones. Amen. Don't stop sitting in your prayer closet and crying out for them. I don't know how many times that I have been in, in a travail. Come on. Andy is my little brother. I have walked his journey. We've mm -hmm. walked it together, some of it. And Hallelujah. I have travailed over him. I have travailed over my husband. You know, some of you, he comes when he can, and today he's working, but I'll share this. The first Sunday he came here, was after Easter was after it was Easter Sunday it was, like a year ago. It was Palm Sunday one week. We came, yeah. Palm Sunday my husband should have been dead that's right he would have been dead you never know when stepping out in faith sharing your testimony is going to save someone's life. Come on. And every single one of you are made with a purpose and a destiny. Come God on. knew you before you were born. Come what on. does that mean? That means he knew you. How does he know you? He had mm. relationship before you were here. Yeah. He chose you. He gave you destiny. He gave you purpose. He gave you gifts. Come on. Everything that you were going to, you were born for this time. Yeah. My husband should have been dead 
And that's not the first time. That's not the first time. How, how long have I travailed over him? Travailed over him. I even told the enemy, I told him, I said, devil, you can't have my husband. What, what happened? He was attacked. Come on. It's true. He was attacked because I made a declaration Come over on. him. Yes. So I just want to encourage all of us today. You have a testimony. Mm. You have destiny. You have purpose. Prepare your testimonies. Be ready because this is what is going to be happening. You're going to be in the grocery store and you're going to share your testimony. Maybe you're in Costco sharing your testimony. You're going to be saving people's lives. You're going to be building their faith because let me tell you something. Church hurts real. People have been rejected. And there's a lot of people who have been mad at the church and they're taking it out on Christ. They associate the two together. That's right. In fact, the majority of my testimony is how I've spent the majority of my life feeling completely rejected. Mm. Undesired and unwanted. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but the enemy tends to see the purpose and the diamonds in us before we do. He recognizes them. And if he can take them before you ever, if he can keep you from seeing your identity... He can shut you up. Come on. That's right. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> and when you speak your testimony to someone, you say, I thought I had no purpose. I thought I was unloved. I was rejected. The church rejected me. My family rejected me. I was rejected at school. I tried to fill the hole with other things that didn't satisfy it. And then when you look at somebody and you say, God knew me. He saw me. He loved me. He healed me. He's healing me. I'm becoming a new creation because I know my identity. That doesn't mean the thoughts of rejection or whatever whatever the enemy uses to attack you won't come. It means that when they do, you take that thought captive and you say, I am so loved. Come on, preach it. I am here on purpose. Thank you, Jesus. I am, it doesn't matter what my, my bank account looks like because... I am a child of the Most High King. When you take that thought captive and you come back at it with the truth, he flees. He flees. It won't mean you won't come under attack. It just means that you know your purpose and your destiny. And by speaking your testimony, you'll be building the faith in other people to see their purpose and their destiny. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just declare over you in Jesus' name, rejected no more. Rejected no more. Hallelujah. 
That's it. The, the, this is the time of, of the fullness of letting the fullness of Him manifest through your life. So wherever you've been rejected, we declare you accepted in Jesus' name. We love you. We love the gift of God on you. We love you and we love your heart. Thank you, Jesus. And we love your husband too. Hallelujah. I, come on, I, I want to do, I, I know this is longer than usual. Uh, I really, I feel like this is actually, um, this is like way later than usual. I apologize. This is the last thing I'm going to do. If you do need to go, go ahead. I've got, I, I want to, uh, before we move, I just want to say this. Danny, please go ahead and stand up, my brother, Danny. Um, I just want to honor this man of God here. He would never do this. Um, in fact, he asked me to say nothing and I'm not listening to him. Um, how many of you saw the church sign outside the door today? We, we, we actually haven't had a church sign. And we're like kind of being known as the church with no sign on the outside. And, and for whatever reason, there's been no unction to get it done. He just felt last week, last Sunday for the first time, he said people come in and they couldn't find the building and they're looking and they're trying to find, like that's a way to promote a church, right? I mean, to, the, 101 for church growth is have no sign out there. No. And, and we're, it's not about that. We, we don't care about any of that stuff. The point is, is that, you know, people that did want to visit that came were struggling to find it because the cars are parked in the parking lot. They can't even see the little signs in the windows hardly. And I've had several people walking here. Hey, where's the church? They're asking me where the church is because they've never been here. I'm like, oh, the church is right here. Then they come in and they find out I'm the preacher. But, <laughs> but anyway, the Lord put it on His heart last week. I mean, and yesterday, not only did He get the job done, He blessed the church and came, I mean, I came as quickly as I could to try and help him. And he had already got the sign up on the wall. So I just want to say, we love you. Thank you so much. And we just want to honour you. What a blessing that is. I just want to say thank you. We love you, sir. Um, and then lastly, I'm going to have Matthew, Paul, Kirk and Jeremy quickly come up here. And then go ahead. You go first. Or is that is all, the all my life I've been rejected by my own family. I've been, but check this out. I was adopted at birth two weeks. Well, no, actually, I left the hospital with my adopted mom. And I was a, she signed the papers like two weeks later, so I was adopted. Anyway, I felt rejected even by my adopted family because I just felt like I didn't belong. And, uh, <clears throat> but God has been with me. I was just looking back on it and I was like, wow, God has been with me this entire time. I should have been dead countless, countless times, but he has never left me. Even even when I when I did my own thing, I was like, oh, well, whatever, I could do what I want, so I'm gonna just do what I want. And I did it, and his loving hand was still visible to me. And, and I have a testimony out of this world. Like, I wrecked my car in 2007. I died at the scene. And 
the doctor said I had an, I had an hour to live while I made it to Lafayette General, and um, so I beat that. And they said, well, he only has six hours to live. I beat that too. And then they said I have 24 hours to live. Beat that too. Then they gave me a uh, like they said I was gonna be brain dead. Hey, guess what? No. God said different, and then, then they said I was never going to walk again. Guess what? Hello. God said different. He wasn't walking, just so that you know. I just spent, so you know, he wasn't walking. I spent four years in a wheelchair, and I was drinking and smoking pot and doing all this and that under the sun to fill this void. But I knew God was with me the whole time, somehow. I, I knew he was there. I always, I always knew he was there. And this arm, it doesn't bother me. I mean, so what, bro? It's like whatever, bro. I don't even notice it. I, I still work my tail off, and I get things done around the house. I take care of my house. I take care of my family. I jump on the trampoline with my little girl every day. I just, I'm... I thank the Lord that he made me capable. I mean, even through all the stuff I've been through, he, I'm glad he made me capable to do all the things that I can do. I'm, I'm happy. I mean, y'all, take all this away. Just give Come me on. Hand. I'll still praise his name. Come on. And we love you too. You are loved. All right? Good. And God's making a fine preacher out of you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, because if, if these guys take you forever, it's their fault. Do not blame me. So just be aware of when I hand you the mic, they're looking at you right now. Now, I just want you to, I want you to, I want you guys to take each a minute. I know it's not a long time, so think about it. And just, I mean... Can y'all come a little bit closer like this is not... Kirk, come on here. Come on here. We'll start here. Um, Paul got miraculously saved meeting Easy and Sarah. I mean, he walked into the wrong business, the right business. The right business. They, I mean, they are evangelists, 100%. They got a hold of him, ministered to him. He was already, come on, the heart of the, the soil of his heart was ready for the gospel. They got there and they led him to the finish line. He accepted the Lord into his heart, gets baptized in their home, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the bathtub, gets filled with the Holy Ghost over there. And it's been a huge blessing. And I just want you to, from there, just, just say what your experience has been. Just hear it. And then Matthew, of course, on the same lines. And then you guys, because even like, I'm picking on people here today. And I'm not, not picking on certain. So please don't feel like I'm isolating anybody. That's not the point. We've never done this on a Sunday morning. And the reason I feel such a, a, a leading to do this is because you need to hear what the Holy Spirit in every one of these people that have come up is doing a work in the lives of people. Uh, I'm going to try to do this out crying because it seems to be a theme. Um, 
I'm, I'm the person who shows up on Thursday and I stay. I'm, my group's growing, but I'm, I'm one of the last people that stays here. I'm excited. I come Sundays, I stay late. Kind of like Andrew said, I never was that person. I never thought I would be that person. But I've come, I found something that fits, something that's right, that feels right in here. You know, I can't get enough of it. And I look around and I love everybody here, even if I don't know you. See, it's starting right now. But I, I love all of y'all. I just, I have this overwhelming love for everyone. And last Sunday, um, sorry, last Thursday I came late. I'm kind of detouring, but last Thursday I came late and everybody was already heavy in the presence of the, of the Lord. And I'm using my eyes or clothes and doing my own thing, but I came in and they kind of did a second praise and worship almost. And I got to see how the Lord moved in everybody else. And it did as much for me as when he moves inside of me. And I, everybody has been so welcoming. And what kept coming through my mind is you are welcome. You are loved. You are accepted. You are good enough. You are worthy. You are all that I have called you to be. And once I grasped who I was in the Lord, the, the possibilities are endless for everyone. Let me tell you, that's some preaching right there. All right, I'm done. Now, now well, just hold the line. Now, do you, now, I'm asking these questions with intentionality. What you're experiencing in your life, do you feel like you have to do that in order to be like other people? Do you feel like everybody's trying to f- form you to behave a certain way? Or are you living in this place of the love of God because you're experiencing it and you're living it out? It's just a natural reaction of what He's done in me honoring and blessing and, and glorifying what he's done in me. It pours out. I have no choice. It just comes out. I have no control. Come Absolutely. On. That's it. That's it. That's important. This is my brother from another mother right here. Let me tell you, I, I love everybody. The first time I met him together with his wife, I was sitting on that side of the auditorium. I grabbed their hands and I just began to weep uncontrollably with a compassion that I've never experienced. Um, I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, like too much estrogen. No, it was just the real deal. Um, but no, I mean, we love these guys and you ain't seen nothing yet, but I just wanted you to, to share, my brother. Um, last week, um, I was just telling my wife, I came out of the closet of prayer and then Jesus just refreshed my entire like uh, timeline of my uh, life here on earth like i was not supposed to be born but he got me into this world uh, people expected that i'll be dead but he got me into this world because he had a purpose a uh, great destiny for me and uh, growing up i have i've like even my from my own parents they didn't expect good from me but then I trusted the word of God. Whatever the word said, I just believed in the word of God. And it transformed my life and gave me hope. Where there was rejection, I I knew my identity and I know who I am in God. And God literally, like, because I was holding on to that word, he elevated my life and he honored me in front of all those people who were, who were saying, like, nothing good can come from him. But he has put me in a place where... Today I stand blessed and, and every, every, 
everything my hand touches is blessed come on brother and everything Preach everywhere it. i walk i'm just highly favored of the lord yeah. even the world says it's not accomplishable but i i accomplish it because god's on my side and i'm favored by god um well coming from uh, india and we god's blessed us over here and god's writing great story over of our life in here uh haven't experienced uh friendships or haven't really experienced that one on one time with people but uh and me and my wife we were longing for that and god opened doors uh to come to this place where we were like expecting god to move in our lives and then suddenly we uh, my wife came into a prophetic conference by prophet israel mm-hmm. and then that's where she came and she had this uh unction in her heart that she needs to be planted here uh, i was driving through this neighborhood and i saw destiny long time back and it got refreshed that memory to you know what there was something about it that uh, that flag or that whatever i saw and i was drawn to it before too but then after she came i came to one of the thursday prayer service and pastor april was leading worship and she was singing the songs that i used to sing to god way way back like all those love songs i used to give to god she was singing it over me and then she spoke god spoke through her to me that dancing over me with those songs i was so blessed and i knew this is where i'll be edified and i'll expect i'll grow more in the lord and i'm so blessed to see people everywhere around me uh, so full of faith and god gave me dreams wherein i've seen people like this house is like filled with people of faith they know how to go and get the projects done that god is giving them and because they are deeply rooted in the in the word of god and they know how to love one another i'm so blessed to be planted here and under pastor marks uh, and how he preaches the word uh, the word it's just transforms me every time hallelujah so i'm talking about right there is another brother from another mother So um yeah, this is a miracle that I'm up here because I was one of those students that would I would take a zero instead of getting up in front of class. So uh this is a miracle. Um but just like uh Matthew just said, I almost couldn't be here either because my mom was going to get her tubes tied. Hallelujah. And she found out she's pregnant for me. <clears throat> but when we stepped in it in this church we we just felt like it was just family. We were at another church for seven years, and I don't like change, so I never thought we were gonna leave, but um we did change, and it's just it's just something about I feel like. we're going to see healings here and that's what I, I the faith level of all the people that are here is inspiring us uh my wife's going to be mad at because she's not here to see me up here uh but she's with her grandma that is not doing very well but uh we don't believe what the doctors are telling her In Jesus name and that's tr- that's attributing to being involved with all of y'all here that our faith is growing and we're believing 
what the Bible says. That Come on. We don't have to believe the doctor. Come He's on. not God. And Come on, my brother. We're loving this church. We've, we've only been here since January, but it seems like it's been forever. It does, yeah. Part of the furniture in the best way possible. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But no, I mean, like, I'm calling these guys because I'm seeing growth in every single one of them. Like, like you wouldn't even be up here doing this right now in the first place. It's supernatural. The Lord's working in you. And He's, no, nobody can make you do anything. But the Holy Spirit does the work in the hearts. And that is the biggest factor of you walk out of here today. This is the fruit of the working of the Holy Spirit in the atmosphere. And today we're just taking the time to hear a response of what the hand of the Lord is doing by His Spirit in the lives of people. Like for Travis, where's Travis? I, I told him that at the House of Freedom. I felt like one day during worship... Um, that he was going to be able to raise both hands and praise God one day. Come on. Is this my... Oh, there we go. There we go. There you go. I mean, now he's preaching on the mic too. You're going to hold it for me? Yeah, I will, ho- I will hold it for you. It'll, it'll shake. <laughs> All right, I'll hold it for you, brother. You're good. Um, our story, I'm married to Stephanie. She's at the back table back there. Beautiful, Stephanie. We yes, love you. my lovely wife. Um, it's very similar to kind of Dave and Ali's. I don't want to echo everything that they said. but It's okay. You can we, echo. We, um, we went to the same church as many of the same couples have transitioned to here now. And we just, I, like Kurt was saying, I, not about change. It's uncomfortable. Um, my wife went to church there her whole life, so it should have been harder on her than it was me. But... I was just kind of being stubborn silently, didn't want to change. So she came here first naturally, and she she was about it, and I knew that's what she wanted. So I said, well, anything, you know, I'll, I'm willing to do anything for her, you know, that she, I want her to be happy, I want her to be getting fed. So I came here, was a little uncomfortable at first, and I wasn't sure about it. And that I think you had a... a I forget who was here. I wasn't sure about it either. Uh, it was, an, it was a, a, a prophet who was here. Anyway, we, we came up and got prayed for, and we received the word, and the word he gave me was a resounding word that I've always held dear in my heart, whether I was following God or not. It was just a powerful word, and it connected to me. So I went home, and to myself, I just asked God, if this is where you want us to go to church, please, please just show me. Give me, give me a sign. Give me a word. And I never really asked for that before. You know, I'm just kind of happy-go-lucky Jeremy, nice guy, you know, just trying to be good to people, but never really connecting the dots that it's God in me, not letting him, not giving him his due. Mm. So he, mm. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm, don't be sorry. It's good. Um, so what God did for me was he started to show me the people in the church that I knew them. And I had different connections within life prior. 15 years ago, I knew Gabe. And when I stepped into this church that second Sunday, I was like, I I was bothered by it. Like, I I know him, and I don't know how, but I know him. And we figured it out at the next House of Freedom that we had a connection through a common friend in our youth. Then I spoke to Cody, and his dad was my bus driver 
and it was just small little tiny things that spoke to me. David and Allie, we went to church together, but I didn't know them. Wanted to, you know, I had nothing against them. You know, we love them. That's not true. <laughs> um, um, Byron and Noel also. Um, and there was another couple that went to our church. You know, it's a big, it was a big church. We weren't recruiting from anybody's church. I'm they just saying. Not, they were not. It happened through the move of God. Anyway, I could have passed them in the hallway and never knew them. But, you know, now they're, they're, they're like our loving friends. You know, I look forward to seeing them all the time. And, and just like I see just this, this family atmosphere here that we never had. And me and my wife, we needed so bad. We, we were missing it. And um, nothing, nothing wrong with where we came from. It's just it's where we needed to be for growth. Right. And my wife is Come on. much stronger in growth than I am. I'm still working on it. But uh, this is the place to grow. Hallelujah. From, well, um, I'm just letting you know that there's already been amazing growth in you. Thank you. And that's why I'm calling you up here. Thank you, God. Because I can see it. The um, hand of the Lord's on you. And it's not just, I know I listed my peers, but, you know, he prayed for the 60-year-olds and, you know, the refirement crew. <laughs> But um, they—they're not just over. Y'all aren't overlooking us. EC, Sarah, y'all invited us to our house, to your house. I never thought, you know, I would. I, that's not something I would do. I fought with my wife in the car about it. Like, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> An hour later, I was speaking in tongues. So never had. Come on. So self-confidence has always been a a thing for me in my life. Um, whether it was by people listening to man, you know, letting it affect me. But uh, I'm learning to, to cast all that away and just listen to the one true voice inside. Hallelujah. So, Praise we're, God. We're thankful for you. We love you too, brother. Give me a big hug. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and, I, and I'm picking on men. You know, I'm picking on men here today, if you noticed. It's not, I mean, of course, Rebecca was the only odd one out. Um, but the point of the matter is I'm picking on men because, because men are, are, are important because women have, you know, have always sort of taken a lead on the spiritual side of things. But, but God, is, God is raised. Now, it doesn't mean like there is a paradigm of, of balance here. The point of the matter is, is God is doing a work. I mean, it's a very healthy sign to see a body filled with men that love Jesus. It's very healthy, healthy, healthy. And uh, we honour the woman. Woman, y'all, there's no Jews, nor Gentiles, male, nor female. That right there puts to bed every doctrine that says that women can be preachers. I'm just telling you right now. Um, and I mean, we've, we've got a precious couple that we're building relationship with that drive that have driven here. Nobody held a gun to their head. From Deritter, they've been here about four or five times now. It's like two and a half hour drive, y'all. Anointed, credible ministers of the Lord. Of course, we've got some in and outies over here. Stand up, y'all, really quickly before we. Y'all want to just? I know we look. We've gone this far. Can we just have two more minutes, please? Come up here. This is a beautiful couple. In case you couldn't tell, once you give them, let them see your face. This is George's son. Joshua and Anastasia. And I just invited her because I love to hear her speak. 
She is from Mother Russia. All right, okay, go ahead. Love you, brother. Thank you, thank you. I love you too. Um, Wow, so we come, we're born and raised here in Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana. But uh, last six years, my wife and I have been in Jerusalem, Israel. Uh, We're doing missionary work there. Uh, for six years, raising up people, raising up uh, intercession for Israel. Come on. Uh, ask, crying out for and outpouring the Spirit of God, not just in the nation of Israel, but also in the nations that you're coming from. And uh, like you were saying earlier, though, you, were, you, you mentioned a lot of things. And it's interesting, even just being here the first day, like uh, I've only been, we've only been here for what, three weeks now? I remember the first time we come, we've only come on, on fr- Thursdays. Thursdays. Yeah. Usually Thursdays is the first Sunday meeting that we got to come to. But um, I remember the first time coming, uh, like you gave a word, and it was like right on to what our hearts were already interceding about and praying and contemplating. Because the Lord is, I, I feel that the Lord is calling us into something different. Uh, we've been with a, like with a ministry for a while, and it's been nice being underneath an umbrella but I feel like God is calling us to step into something new. And it's so interesting because it's all about timing, right? Well, the fact is, like, when you start to understand the times and seasons, now we know that the Lord set out times times and seasons in His Word. When you start to align with the times and seasons, you start to realize that certain things happen in certain times. And we've just entered into the... New Year, according to the Hebrew calendar. Come on. We just started a new year. We just started the first month of the new year. We just started the next. So you know how there's seven days in a week. And then you have a Shabbat or you have a Sabbath day, a last day. Well, there's also seven years and there's also a, a year of rest. And God had always commanded the people to let that be a year of rest. And that just ended. So we just started a new seven. So it's like new year, new seven, new month into that. It's like God is calling us into something new. Come on. And I believe this is not just for us, but I believe that many of you also have this feeling of God's calling me into something new. I'm not sure what it is, but your spirit is drawing you into something. And it's because this is what's happening. There's a door that's opening. And like you were mentioned like before, we have we had been feeling that that even if feeling that that it's time now to shed off of the old thing and to step into something that's gonna be scary. Because you know, you can feel that there's like a, a sense of com- being comfortable when you're underneath an umbrella or someone else covering you. But when you step into your own, you have to step into complete. There's seems to be that there's nothing there. But that's faith, right? Faith is always there's nothing there, and you stepping into it, that's when you see it manifest. That's when you see the miraculous go before you. Come on, that's it. And so that's the way it works. We just want to encourage you all as well that and like you're saying, keep on saying this is new, this is new. But it is it's that step of faith that you're already walking in. And it's a step at a time. God shows the step. And as we step into it, we see the miraculous. We see everything flowing through. Many of you had also mentioned the miracles, like oh, that things would that would things would start to turn, and, and that the miraculous would start to flow through us. I remember the first time 
I started hearing about. I'm sorry. Am I taking too long? No, no, no. I remember the first time no. starting to hear. You know, your wife was looking you, at you like your, your, your wife well. was. I felt it somewhere. I can't remember She's somewhere. trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Um, <laughs> but but I wanted to ta- I wanted to touch on on healing just for a second because many of us are are expecting something and I remember the first time he- thinking about healing I would read books about Smith Wigglesworth and I always thought that like in order to experience healing I need to be like this like that's like the height of it you know you work real hard in the Lord and then you get to the pinnacle and then you can pray for someone and they'll be healed. And I remember the first time it happened for me, like, I was just, I'm just, I'm not, who am I? I'm a guy from Scott, Louisiana, you know? No one really. But I remember the first time praying for someone and they got healed. And it was as if it's, it's not, it's not you. Amen. It has nothing Amen. to do with you. Preach it's it. him flowing through you. Yeah. And it's again about faith. No one will ever be healed if you never pray for healing. Come on. That's it. That's right. There is a quote. You'll start to see healing. And so I want to encourage you guys to to take that next step forward. That's it. I believe God has also a line for you. Just like he's calling us into this right now. There's a line there. And whatever that looks like, take the faith. take Take that courage. And I really feel like it's about courage too. We just had a prayer meeting today. And it was about taking the land. Right, so right now we're in the Passover season, right? So in, in the in the timeline in the Bible, this is would be the, t- the time when the people of Israel are about to cross through the Red Sea. Like Come literally, it's this, this week, right? It happens on Wednesday. Wednesday's Passover. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Wednesday's Passover. So that means like that's the time when the angel of death passes, and for the next seven days they come to the Red Sea and they have to go and conquer the land. But when they get faced by it, faced with all this trial, faced with all this, what do they do? They get afraid and they kind of start to get worried and, oh man, God just did all these amazing things. He opened the Red Sea, but we could, they couldn't step in and so it takes courage to step into that next thing. And Hallelujah. I just ask that the Lord would release a spirit of courageousness in each Come one of on. our hearts to be able to take hold of what we know is ours and to step into it. And that he would meet us on the other side because he always does. But Praise I wanted God. to let my beautiful wife Anastasia share with you. Very sure. <laughs> it's so happy it's okay, to you're here. Russian. You can talk as long as you want. <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> I will be very short, but uh, we want to confirm the word that Pastor uh, released so many times. But what we heard when we came first time here, it was Thursday. There were not so many people, but the presence of God was so tangible. And uh, as we were praying, um, I heard the Lord was saying, I'm preparing the army. The people who are here, they are my army. And even after the service finished, we came to pastor and I felt and I said, you're raising the army. And that is true. You're trained, you're equipped. And uh, we just encourage you. We came all the way from Jerusalem. We've seen so many big ministries, small ministries, like different types.
type of ministries all over the world, but you can sense when something is real, when the Spirit of God is moving, when His army is getting ready, and you will be the one who with Joshua will conquer the land. Come on. So uh, it's such an honor to start our trip in the States from your place. We are literally launched with a great faith to see uh, miraculous things happening. Blessings. Come on. Spoken in the authority from Russia. I mean, hallelujah. And we say to you, on, on, well, we can say, Yatibia Yublu, whatever. We love you. That means we love you. Well, probably I love you, but we love you. But you know, but add a we, it's the we. How do you say we? Me, oh, so, well, I don't want to say me. <laughs> I'm joking. All right, I'm not even going to try that. Well, we love you. All right, everybody, we love you. God bless you. If you're still watching by way of uh, stream, go quickly to the um, slide really quickly. If you want to give, go to www.destinyrevivalministries. Click on the Your Support button. You can give safely and securely. Then if you want to text to give, text uh, 337-434-3777. Text the word give to that number where you can give safely and securely. And then if you are writing out checks in the building, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries. God bless you. Thank you for coming.